Good morning, everyone. We've been uh, warming up our voice with Instagram. They get to hear the vile nonsense we put out before we get on for real. But they're for real, so it's okay. I just feel comfortable practicing. Uh, alter ego is getting dressed, so, you know. Anyway, doesn't matter, you won't see her. She's here today, so we're blessed. Uh, just for mental laziness, uh, my subtitle for today is just Potpuri or Porai. Any way you want to pronounce it is fine with me. It's a word goes back at least 400 years to Central Europe, France, Germany, Latin, whatever. It's a mix of junk, and actually, if you think about it and do your research, Potpuri were leftovers that they left vegetate, almost like a compost heap. And if you didn't treat it or, or uh, finish it off, you'd have some of the most vile-smelling stuff. So, you know, I think they used to shovel it out of the bottom of dungeons when people died or something. Anyway, it's good for the house. I prefer those cinnamon brooms that they sell in Publix. For a while, it gives you that nice cinnamon smell, which I can tolerate. Uh, anyhow... I have something that has just been burning on me listening to the uh, impeachment trial, as they call it, going on. I'm going to throw it over to the thing, but I just want to put this out so you guys think about it. You know what? Let me do it after. Let's my, let my alter ego, let her ego out. Good morning. Good morning. It's always a pleasure being here with everybody uh, I hope you guys are having a, a great day. It's kind of rainy here in Florida. As promised, I said that at least once a month we were going to talk about words that in the 1800s, 1300s, even in the 60s, meant something else and is used in another form today. So before we actually start our show or agenda items that we have, I want to bring up two things. The word naughty today is used uh, uh, to describe a person who's evil or improper or bad. But in the 1300s, that's not what the word naughty meant. And actually, I like to split words apart because that's how I learned to pronounce words. If you take away the T-Y, the word is not. And what naughty meant back then was that you were very poor, that you didn't have anything, you know? And today we use it in such a negative context, but it's not that somebody's evil, uh, or that somebody was improper. It really meant that somebody didn't have anything and they were poor. So I love these kinds of words because it makes you remind, when you're having conversations and people stop and say, well, why are you using that word? It's because they haven't done their research, don't use the dictionary, and don't understand that the word really has more than one term. It's the same thing as cheater. So a, a cheater in the old days was used to describe the royal officers who looked after the king's escheat, or in other words, the land that he acquired, uh, or that when somebody died had no legal heir. Today, we say cheater to mean somebody who's a liar, who's who uses tricks and who defraud someone. So the meaning of the word has changed, but if you think about what the word really was used for, perhaps some of the things that we say today, we wouldn't be saying it, or we would be saying it in proper context. So that's the word of the day, two of them, remember, naughty and cheater, had totally different definitions than the way that we are using it in 2021. So I'll turn this back over to uh, the host of the show. There's a lot to cover. Uh, it is Black History Month, so when it's back to me, I'll be having some discussions about that. A lot happening in the political arena that we are all should be concerned about and really should be pressuring our politicians to do the right thing. And actually, the word arena is a misnomer for political because uh, there is no arena anymore. They shoved the parameters, the fence uh, around it. The whole world is a political arena at the moment, and everybody is commenting on anything. I'm an example of it. Uh, 
I think going back to Brooklyn, when you get interested in words and the rest of it as a kid, we used to joke around and find new names for old things. We said that uh, we understood even when we were younger that if they didn't collect the garbage, our streets would have rats running all over it. So we just tried to find a better thing. This is before HR departments got active and tried to find better titles for everybody's job. So we renamed garbage collectors to textile reclaiming engineer. So it gives your brain some exercise. Anyway, one thing that really stuck with me listening to the thing was the, uh, again, when they're in the Senate, I'm listening to two groups where one of them is just putting on hot air and nonsense, and the other group is actually trying to present a case and information. And it isn't just because I believe Donald Trump is a criminal and should get punished, and we should be protected from him ever serving again. Not that he served us, he served him. So that's another misnomer. Something hit me. Uh, Stacy Plaskett, who's a delegate from the Virgin Islands, because she's not a regular representative, but they have a delegate. She's a well-educated woman. She's an attorney. Uh, as a male, I find her more attractive than the guys who were talking. But uh, she really presents well, and she speaks extremely well. She brought something up that I hadn't thought about, and it really, I related it to something, and I want to share it with you. She brought up that we're in the 20th year from 9-11, and she was talking about, because they're in the Capitol building, about the plane that those people in that plane chose to sacrifice their life knowing that this was going to be used as a bomb against a building. I don't know if they knew it was the Capitol building, but that's where it was intended to go. So it was, she brought the number up because I hadn't remembered it. 44 people chose to sacrifice their life to not blow up the Capitol and anybody who would have been in it. Because remember, this was in the morning. A lot of people are in there already. There's staff that's there all 24 hours and military that are in some of that building too. Other people who are in and out. So they chose, because they knew what was going on from phone calls they got from family and about what already hit the World Trade Center. 44 people chose to sacrifice their life not to blow up a main building of ours, the Capitol, and not to destroy maybe 1,000 people. Who knows? The number hit me immediately because the vote whether or not at the beginning of this trial they had that vote on whether or not this was constitutional to try him. After he'd been impeached while he was president, he's not anymore. So they wanted to just dismiss this, that he's not in office anymore. But as they say, he was impeached while still in office. It's a matter of are they going to make it uh, a final impeachment, put the certification on it. The vote was 44 people, Republicans. There were six Republicans who voted with the Democrats. But there were 44 people who sat in the Capitol and voted that they didn't want to go on with this to punish him. And those were people who generally all of them were in there when this insurrection went on. So just think about this. All of the Congress people, senators, representatives, I've always thought of them as they're there to serve us, the Americans. We send them in as representatives for different parts of the country so that we're all heard from. But on an overall basis, they're there to run on national government, that we have what we need, an army and roadways and whatever. Instead of, you know, being divisive and saying, well, you're going to give me a bridge in my town so I can get reelected. So 44 Republican senators, educated, well-paid people, our employees. I, I actually called up Ms. Plaskett's office the yesterday, I think it was, and I pointed it out to them. I said, if you can get the message to her, I found it inspiring, but let them tie it into 44 people who are afraid of one man and or their paycheck, 
that they're not willing to just finally convict him. They don't have to give up their life. And they know what happened in the Capitol. So we had 44 people who gave their life for our country, and we have 44 people that we pay quite well <coughs> who are unwilling to do something about what is so obvious. Little piece of trivia. And before I start talking about um, uh, black history, which I will in a minute, I want to piggyback off of what the host just said. It is so true when you hear that song, what a difference a day made, 24 little hours. And I am sitting here with tears in my eyes. Why? Because 44 people went against terrorists to stop a plane. And some of them were well known because one of the women was the wife of a man who was always on TV, a political commentator. And she called him before they decided that America was worth more than their lives. And I was part of the bombing of the World Trade Center the first time. And I left New York and came to Florida one year before the second bombing took place. My husband's office and my office was in the building that the plane hit the second time. Had we not moved to Florida, we would have been dead. And yet you got 44, and I'm sorry for the word I'm going to use, and I'm sorry because the host doesn't like me to use these words. We have 44 fucking Republican cowards who are wealthy, most of them, willing to change the face of America as a dictatorship, and they don't care whatever it takes to protect their power, and they don't even care about the people they represent. Let me remind you of something. The Senate is supposed to represent the entire state that they are coming from, not just Republicans. How dare they only represent a militia group and only white people? How dare they get on TV and act like they have no clue about what's going on. You know why they're doing it, America? Because they were part of the insurrection. They were part of the planning. They were part of giving information to these individuals because they wanted to take over a full coup d'etat. We have Supreme Court Justice Alito sitting in the Supreme Court who said, he was ready for the revolution a couple of years ago under Donald Trump. So even your courts, this is the reason why they rushed to put 200 Nazis in the federal courts. Most of them are not even attorneys because they knew that if they had the courts on their side, they could go ahead and take over completely. Every Democrat, every independent, every a uh, 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 individual who cares at all about America should be pressuring these, de these, these, these senators, whatever state you're in, to vote to convict him and stop him from ever running again for the presidency. Because let me tell you something, people. If that man gets back in, this he will do like Hitler. He will finally put the nail in the head and we are all gonna suffer. And all of these insurrectionists, who by the way, are swamp, but they're educated swamp. They're nasty individuals. They don't really care about this country. They're traitors, most of them. Every single one of these people will then complete what they started. I am afraid if I had children in school, I would want none of these people teaching my children. I would never trust an attorney ever in my life again because of the crap these attorneys are doing is disgusting. So I am letting you guys know you need to think about the future of this country. Today is the last day of closing arguments and we should be flooding the phones. We should have been out there with our signs 
to make sure that they understand we're talking about America, not a damn coward who stood there on January 6th, told those people he was going with them and then hid like the snake that he really is. A true leader is always in front of his army, not behind it. He's a coward. And look in history, the Bible, there are so many times where people sell things out for just a couple of shiny coins or something. And I think about it, I, you know, I obviously don't pick an alter ego that's dumb. An alter ego that's intelligent, independent, and will argue with me, but will do her research and know what she's talking about. We didn't raise the volume. That was her being angry, and rightfully so. What we should do, whether they're in our state or not, look up those 44 senators and ask them, do they really need that $200,000 a year that they're willing to give up whatever pride they may have for someone who doesn't deserve it? Because that's what they're doing. It just burnt me. When I heard that from Jallory, uh, Stacey Plaskett, it just connected in my mind. I didn't remember there were 44 people. Now we got 44 cowards who are sitting in our Capitol because of those 44 people who didn't let the cap Capitol get blown up. Anyway, let me just say uh, it's Black History Month. Uh, you know, we'll speak about it. Uh, my alter ego has hers. Everybody's got their favorites. They, I, I watch them on a channel, and it's important because, you know, there's one little slogan I saw. I love commercials. Uh, myself and my daughter, we're really into commercials. We consider them an art form. Uh, one commercial I've been seeing is Black America is America. Guess what? You're here for 400 years. You don't have your roots anymore. This is your place. They're not a foreigner who just dropped out of the sky. As I've said before, we need everybody. That's how we progress. We've got the greatest country when it comes to diversity. Let's use it for our own good, period. But there are tons that I pick because there are a lot of things I'm interested in. There's an endless list out there. One of the ones on my list is Elijah McCoy. I've mentioned him if anybody's heard me babble. He was a black inventor, uh, a contemporary of uh, Mr. Ford and Mr. Edison. You just don't see him talked about. They didn't put up a museum. And he had more patents than both of them combined. Another one, Quincy Jones. I love music, especially music that's more primal. You know, your jazz and the rest of it. Quincy Jones, people who've been around know him. He was a writer. He was behind many productions, did a lot of his own music. Then Malcolm X, he, you know, grew up on the streets to a certain extent, educated himself. So you'll hear more about him. He, I find him a very interesting person. Eartha Kitt, as a youngster, I loved women. This woman was just sensuous and interesting and everything else. And lastly... There's a writer that you should look up, J. California Cooper. She writes about life and people, and it's very interesting reading, her short stories and her novels. I'll leave you with that. Let's go back and not undercut my alter ego with her talking about Black History Month. Hey, good morning, Lisa. So she says, I joined the Michigan Democratic Coalition. We only have two years to the next election. We have to fight harder than the Republicans. They steamroll over us and another two years for the presidency. Absolutely, Lisa. It's one of the things we've been talking about. Actually, we have less than two years. Everything that Biden needs to do, he needs to do it now. And screw the damn Republicans. Screw trying to work with them. Get it done. Because we don't know what's going to happen in two years. And we definitely don't know if that asshole or somebody in his family or Mr. Hawley who planned this insurrection with the president, runs for the presidency. It's, we have to work harder. We have to stay together. We have to ban and have an agenda and a platform and speak the same thing. We cannot be a divided party anymore. Stop all this nonsense. I didn't get my gum. And why didn't you give me this? Pick the stuff that's important and go for the gusto. That's what I'm saying. So thank you, Lisa, for that comment. Lisa, let me just quickly say, 
years of playing around with this, when you join an organization where you want to change it and make it understand you and do better, try turning around things they say back to them as a question. Say, well, what do you mean by that and why? what's it going to accomplish? Don't talk till you make them explain themselves. That will bring it out and then you can make your points. You can change anyone if you work at it. Go so ahead. let's, it's Black History Month and you'll see a series of uh, uh, pictures that are going to come up, but I'm going to talk about each one of them. I'm just going to give a couple of minutes. Charlie Chisholm is the person I look up to. And I'll tell you why in a, in a moment. Um, she was black, of course. Uh, she was the daughter of immigrants. Her father was from British Guyana. Now we call it Guyana. And her mother was from Barbados. She grew up in Barbados and then in Brooklyn, New York, graduated from Brooklyn College and also Columbia University. In 1952, she graduated with her master's. The interesting thing about this woman was I, as an immigrant kid who came to America in 1969, got the chance to interview her as part of one of my civics projects. And I think people forget that this woman was elected and was the first African-American woman to be elected to the U.S. Congress and then became a candidate for the Democratic nomination to be president of the United States in 1972 with all of the issues. We now have Kamala as a vice president. And because Democrats didn't bother to go out and vote in 2016, and the independents were so upset about, uh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, what's the other guy, um, Sanders, losing, we ended up instead with Donald Trump. Women overlooked everything that Donald Trump has done to women, and they put him in power, and they disregarded Hillary Clinton without anybody bothering to even do research on all the things that Hillary has done. And in my own family, my own daughter-in-law and my son, who were supporters of Hillary because she lost to Obama, when Trump came along, they switched party and voted for Trump. This is how crazy we have it here. So I want you to remember, Charlie Chisholm, was the first female black, not only in Congress, but to run for uh, president of this country. Malcolm X, let's talk about Malcolm X. I am a supporter of Malcolm X. Why am I a supporter of him? This man was born in Omaha, Nebraska in the 1920s. Think about what was happening in the 1920s to blacks. Forget about what's happening today in the 1920s. His father was a Baptist minister who worked for Marcus Garvey under the Universal Negro Improvement Association. It was a Pan-African movement of the 20s. They believed that blacks had the necessary tools to not be dependent on white men or the white population of America. I will remind everybody in America prior to the 20s even, the amount of businesses that whites burned down to keep blacks down, the amount of blacks they murdered in their homes, by the way, they shot and killed Malcolm X's father, who moved his family to a white neighborhood, and oh my God, the whites hated it. They burned the house down first, they were able to get out, and a couple of years later, they murdered him. Malcolm X was the son and a child of six kids that this man left. He was six years old. By the way, a brilliant kid. He was put in foster care. His other siblings were put in different places. And he got to go to school. And he was so bright that he was beating all the white kids in the class. But oh my God, don't let a black person be better than you. You know what that teacher said to him when he said, I want to be a lawyer? Oh no, you could never be a lawyer. Why don't you just become a carpenter? This is what some teachers do to children. They turn off the light 
because they don't look like you. You're supposed to be a teacher molding a child to be a good citizen of a country. And instead, you put them down. And so he dropped out of school, but he was still smart. And he was part of the Elijah Muhammad nation of Islam. But so what? So what? And yet today, we still talk negatively about Elijah, the Muslims, the this, the that. But yet we can have white Christian insurrectionists go into the Capitol looking to murder people with their Bible in their hands, pretending that they're such religious whatever they think they are, but you put down other people because they don't agree with the fact that you are abusing them and taking opportunities from them. So you got to read the history of Malcolm X, by the way. He's the cousin of a very good friend of mine in New York. And the family that was left, he was killed at the age of 24. They burned down his house too. That's the story of Malcolm X. By the way, when you read about Malcolm X, don't skip the part when he took his first trips to Mecca. It really, this was a man with a great mind that he took a new view of the world after he was there. So very interesting guy. Sam Cooke, fantastic singer. The brilliance of Sam Cooke that everybody forgets was he was a man that was able to own his music and do it the way he wanted to do it, own his studios. People forget that. That was revolutionary in the 50s and early 60s, right? That he was able to do that. But one of the things that he penned when he finally decided, I have got to stand up, black people, men and women, you have got to stand up and understand your history or we will continue in the road and the nonsense that's going on today. And when I say stand up, I'm not saying do like the white insurrectionists that everybody is forgiving. I'm talking about making sure you are doctors, lawyers, that you are uh, uh, judges, that you are able to influence politics to make the changes that are needed to go into the 21st and 22nd century. This man penned a song called A Change Is Going To Come. It is really a hymnal for people of color who are fighting to get at least to be treated decently. I'm not talking about the one person. Everybody in America thinks that just because somebody they love plays football that all of a sudden they're being gracious to us. I don't give a damn about football, basketball, baseball players in today's world. There are too many blacks that if it wasn't for them, there will be no America. All of the things, most of them that you use today were invaded in, invented by black people, but nobody teaches you that and you're not willing to go and learn it. So I only look at people that actually have affected things. I don't care about somebody running the fastest you know, you guys get around a table and you are able to say those things, but you still treat people of color like they're invisible. And that is not the right thing to do. So please think about that. And then the last person I want to bring up is Muhammad Ali, who was called Cassius Clay when he first started at the age of 18. And he beat Poland Sibiniu Petrowski. As the, in the Olympic, as a lightweight champion in the 60s. And he threw his medal in the Ohio River after being refused a table at a so-called white people's restaurant. By the way, people, I went to Tennessee to a wedding of my friend, and I was in a little town called Holenwall. My husband and I went there. And these people looked at us, looked at me, like, what the hell are you doing here? By the way, population 500. And I had a little girl, after they ignored us, come up to me and put her hand and rub my skin and look at her mother and say, oh, the color doesn't come off. And I took her hand and I rubbed hers and I said, and I see your color doesn't come off. You know, this is not that long ago. So everybody who wants to pretend that only 
that everybody is kumbaya and we're one happy family, that is not true. Because if it was true, we wouldn't have what we have with Trump today. And the House Republicans and the, and the senators were sitting there and in all these states trying to bring back slavery by any means necessary because that's what they're trying to do. So Muhammad Ali became Muhammad Ali because of a few things. He hated the fact that he was treated differently, and yes, people liked the fact that he was fast and quick and he was good with his words. He refused to go and fight in the Vietnam War. I don't blame him, because why are blacks fighting for everybody else? They did it in World War I, World War II, and then come back and they're treated like crap right here in America. So he refused to go, and because he refused to go, they stripped him of his title. He was put in jail. And then when he came out, he didn't want to fight. They have so many things that they tried to do to break this man, and he would not allow them to do it. He stood firm on what he believed. Why do I say that? Black males, young black males today, you need to learn to stand up, learn your history, and not just run around acting like chickens without a head. You have a lot that you are giving and you have a lot to give and don't let anybody take that away from you. I ran into Muhammad a few times during his career, not directly, but directly met him and things uh, in New York City, in Chicago on a trip I was on. And uh, he's an interesting character like many. But another thing that people don't think about with him, if you get to see his interviews with the press and stuff like that in the early days, before there was anybody called a rapper. He was a rhymer. If you listen to him, he didn't have the music behind him, but you listen to his tone. He used to put his words together in what's generally termed couplets, rhymes, whatever you want. So he was quick with his stuff, like a rapper, but little fragments here and there. An interesting character. So anyway. I want to talk about... I have to talk about this because the Republicans are such liars that I'm tired of them twisting history. The Tenth Amendment gives certain rights to the states that the federal government doesn't have. And yet you have Republicans and the president who has effectively taken away the rights of states and the rights of governors and Republican governors who are happily going along with it so that he could take control of the country. You got to start learning what dictators do around the world and stop looking at the fact that he's white and you're happy that you have a white leader. You got to stop that because it's not fun. If you've never lived in a country where you are truly oppressed, you damn well don't want it here in America. So what does the Republican Party do in in Maricopa County, right, in Arizona. They try to arrest the Maricopa County Supervisor of Elections. Why? Because they had the nerve to solidify and certify the election results. Tell me how that's freedom of speech for the rest of us. Obviously, freedom of speech and Second Amendment rights are only for Republicans when they want to use it against everybody else. But the rest of us are not entitled to that. So that was in Arizona, right? Then you have in Michigan, they do the same thing. They go ahead and they try. They actually had a vote, people, had a vote to jail, jail supervisor of elections for doing their constitutional job. You should be worried, America. Forget about black, white, pink, yellow. You should be worried as a country that that's what they're trying to do. And only one vote stood in the way of these guys not going to jail. Let me remind you when Trump was running and after he got into office, the first thing that he asked for was for every governor to give him your information 
your voting information and the party that you belong to. Thank God there were governors who refused to do it, but there were quite a few that gave it to him. What do you think that was for? He claimed is to make sure there's not election fraud while in his own family and his own cabinet, there were people voting illegally. They didn't go to jail and nobody made a big deal about it. Yet you stood out there voters and you believe his lies. Think about what that means every time we have an election, the opposing party and Democrats have never done this. I don't give a crap what Republicans sit in their home and say. They're the only ones that try to keep people from voting. They take people off the voting rolls for all kinds of reasons. They make sure they make it harder in black communities, in areas where they don't want you as a minority to vote. How the hell do you as a minority vote for a Donald Trump? I would never understand it or anybody in the Republican Party. And I'll tell you what, I have a friend in Michigan. She's a Republican. She happens to be black. You know why she supports the Republican Party and Donald Trump? Because they don't believe in abortion. She's an idiot. And I'll tell you why. And I told her that myself. So if she's listening, I don't really care. Do you know how many women Donald Trump has been with? How many women he has cheated on and with? Do you even know whether he had them have abortions? You don't really know that, but he's playing to you. And if the only thing you care about is abortion while people can go out and kill other people, like the insurrectionists were willing to do, what do you believe in actually? You don't believe in anything. You don't understand what the country needs as a whole. You don't have to go and get an abortion if you don't believe in it, but who the hell are you? to tell somebody what they can do without understanding their circumstances. If there is a God, God is going to judge everybody separately. And you're not going to be able to stand in front of him and say, I don't believe in abortion, but you've lied, you've cheated, you haven't helped somebody. You've done all these other things. Do you think you can gloss it over? Do you think that you have 10 commandments and you just go ahead and violate one and the other nine is going to give you a stronghold in heaven, the heaven that people believe in. People, you got to start thinking about the country. That's why the Constitution says you got to separate religion from government. What you believe in private and how you serve your God, that's your business. That's your business. Think about this. When we, I love words, uh, and there are so many meanings to every word, but the word abortion. Imagine if you're talking to someone, and they don't like the idea of abortion, and you should go to jail if you do abortion, and blah, blah, blah. What if we tried the insurrectionists who went to the Capitol for aborting five lives? Because that's what they did. That's what abortion is. And it wasn't because this person was sick and dying that they had to be aborted. It wasn't a fetus. They took a living human being and aborted their lives. And then there were 140 other ones that they nearly aborted their lives, but they've damaged them. And we will have to pay for this damage one way or another through our society. And these people will have to suffer, whether it's cracked skulls, blindness because of eyes. Why don't we go back to the Code of Hammurabi? And let's decide that we want to know which one of these insurrectionists or whatever, good people who didn't mean any harm, that we find out which one. Let them show they have a backbone if they're that brave. Stand up and say, yeah, I beat him to death. Okay, and let's all beat him to death. The laws of Hammurabi. If we have a civilization, how can those 44 Republican congressmen sit there collect money from us that they don't need, okay? And let these people get away with aborting five lives and ruining 140 others. Call the Republicans who voted against this trial. Tell them you thought that they're against abortion. Why are they condoning it? And Yes, and thank you. I'm so happy the host brought that up. Because a lot of these people consider 
themselves to be upstanding citizens. They go to church. I don't know what the heck they really believe in. And I really, at this point, don't care. Because if you're willing to go to murder Nancy Pelosi, the vice president, you have a noose outside your arm, you believe in aborting somebody's life. So leave people's private lives alone because obviously you don't care about lives. And I want to bring up this Blue Lives Matter organization again. Don't give your money to them. They have stood silent. Obviously, when it's white insurrectionists killing people and killing police officers, it's okay. It's okay for an officer to die in the line of duty at the hands of these individuals. Where is Blue Lives Matter? Where are you? Nowhere to be found. Law and order president sent these people to beat up on cops, period. And he's the man who's against abortion, as my alter ego said, we don't know how many women he put on his jet and sent them someplace to get an abortion. I'd love to find some of his old pilots who could tell us how many or where. But let me give you one other thing. In the 1964, you had the first major civil rights act. 1968, they had the second civil rights act. But buried in the 1968 civil rights act, was a section, and you can go look it up. I think it's 18 USC is the Civil Rights Act. But in that Civil Rights Act in 1968 was a section that was actually an anti-riot act. Now, there have been a lot of court cases on I won't go into them. Because part of what was written up when they draft legislation dealt with free speech or not and the rest of it. But... They did not touch the section that says that the commander-in-chief has an obligation when he sees something going on like this to act and stop it. So that's, again, dereliction of duty. And that means he condoned abortion because he knew they were beating people to death. Think about that. That's a wonderful way of looking at it. We have a question from Instagram. Do you feel that the impeachment trial would lead to a conviction? It will not. The fix is in just like the first trial. Only if we call enough and make enough noise and 17 more Republicans get their ass on the wagon of voting. Actually, 11, because we already have six who are going to go along. 11 more. Somebody's got to have a conscience. Somebody's got to not be afraid to defend their country. Mariska, that is exactly right. These so-called Christians choose uh, 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 choose when to follow the Bible. That's right. They, they follow it whenever it's convenient for them. Uh, Mel B, insurrection is an act of set terrorism, which is criminal. Actually, they were terrorists. I, we we're using a nice term calling it insurrection. No, they were terrorists. That's what they were. And they were trying to do a coup d'etat a full takeover of the country with the help of Congress and with the help of senators, Republican Congress and senators. And I gotta be honest with you, I'm still out on Pence because I don't know that Pence wasn't part of all of this. I have no clue. He's lied just like Trump. He's made believe, he's gone along. He's done the same thing like Trump, but only to show you that Trump only cares about himself. He was willing to have him murdered. Lisa, crickets from the Blue Lives Matter gang. <laughs> Again, right. Trump knows in politics, if you can wave the right flag, you may get people who vote for you. And if anything, any police officer, and I've had many as friends, I was trained as one in the military. If I see someone who's killing my brother officers, let me remind you and anybody, Trump saw them killing the Capitol Police, which are under him, and the Metropolitan Police. Trump condones killing police. How about that? Let's repeat it. Trump kills police and doesn't mind it. Absolutely. We have the proof on camera. Absolutely. And we should make sure we use that so that people remember that. And these police officers who support Trump, you obviously don't care that somebody kills 
a police officer unless they happen to be black or Hispanic, and then you go all willy-nilly about police officers' lives. But as long as you're killing them, it's okay. I do want he to- He didn't care what color or race the, or background any of the police were. He didn't care if they all got killed. He did nothing to stop it when he was watching TV, enjoying it, because he created a reality show. And he's all about the ratings. I want to talk about something that's very disturbing to me. It's interesting that Florida is the state that actually taught the pilots who then blew up <laughs> the World Trade Center. Uh, that was Florida people. They never even asked any, any questions. They just taught them how to fly and what they needed to do. All for the money. And these people were all immigrants. They weren't American citizens. So now let's talk about what happened in Oldsmar how they tried to poison the water system in Oldsmar, Florida. Michigan, you guys are well aware of this because your governor, the prior governor, had no problems poisoning the water for communities where people are either poor or black or whatever the case might be. He had no problem and he's still not in jail. Here we ended up with somebody hacking into the system and thank God that a lowly employee, think about this when you're screaming about cut taxes and get rid of federal and state workers, and you never ask to get rid of the people on the top, you ask to get rid of the people at the bottom who without them, we wouldn't have our garbage picked up or water cleaned and all these other things. And then the people on the top want a bonus for cutting expenses. Absolutely. And this is what happens in corporate America also. They don't do the work, but they're happy to get rid of you. They tried to hack into the system to poison the water source. It is a very scary thing, people. Everybody in America needs to start thinking about all the protections under Donald Trump that was taken away and the fact that he has no problems with Russia and other countries coming in and doing whatever the heck they want as long as they pay him well, as long as they support him, he's a happy tanker. This was in Oldsmar, Florida, population 15,000 people. And when you think about that, that they could have been drinking water and all of them could have died, it makes me cry. Now every time I go to use the water in the area that I live in, I'm afraid now. I'm concerned about that. I want you to understand, when you see a picture of a guy or a woman sometimes in one of these control rooms, similar to a TV studio, looking at a bank of cameras and screens, and it looks like they're paid to watch TV. Somebody noticed that a percentage was changing because they had automated the feed of, the equivalent is lie. Lie, you can kill somebody if you put it in a drink. Enough of it. It's a poison. It's used in cleaning and other things. But he noticed that the parts per thousand or million were going up. That's when he took action. So these people who monitor have a real purpose that guard our lives in different ways. So we've got to be more cognizant of what's going on. Just like an air traffic controller sitting there watching all these planes so they don't crash into each other. It may look like they're doing nothing, but our lives are in their hands. And yes, we have to investigate that these things don't happen automatically without us interceding. So there's a question, has they found out, well, they're still investigating it. Uh, the uh, FBI uh, is investigating to see where it came from. By the way, sodium hydroxide is lye. And if anybody knows what lye is, it's very deadly. It causes breathing difficulties, lung inflammation, throat swelling. It burns the esophagus and stomach. And, the and it causes severe abdominal pain. By the way, it is not a pretty thing. What a horrible way for people to use warfare to try to kill other people. Water is going to become a very important a tool that's going to be used everywhere. Please be careful. Let's talk about uh, Trump. I don't really care about him and Mar-a-Lago. I only bring this up so that you realize how politicians get paid off to give 
things, and I worked in a city, I can tell you the backroom deals that the city manager and the people sitting in city council would do with developers, up to and including taking people's property to get what they want. Why did they do this? Because the majority of people don't go to hearings, they don't pay attention, and only the people with the money, they go to the meetings, they pressure, and they write the legislation that's gonna be good for them and the area of the city that they live in and bad for everybody else. Well, they're all upset now because he's living there. Yet in 1993, he said he wasn't gonna live there as long as they allowed him to convert Mar-a-Lago into a mansion and a club for people to go and play golf. And he's had other things. He sued the Palm Beach County for so much money all the time. You bought an estate, there's an airport, now you have a problem with the planes flying over you. He wanted to uh, build docks. He got away with a lot of it, up to and including he barely pays any taxes in the county. That should piss off everybody in Palm Beach County. Why are rich people the ones that never pay taxes, but are the first ones to ask for tax cuts and tax forgiveness for everything? You know who's paying for that, people? We are. Remember that, America. Remember that, voters. You, the working people, are the ones that are paying for the lavish lifestyle of these individuals. So that's what's going on in Florida. I just bring that up. I don't like to spend too much time on his nonsense, and I really don't care about the wealthy people in Palm Beach County now trying to get him out because you shouldn't have allowed it to, in the first place, but you did. So we move on to... Mel, poisoning water is criminal. Mariska Burton, good morning, and good morning to you. Both Thank ladies you. listen, and I'm happy to have them as listeners. Let's talk about impeachment, guys. I'm going to just make it very quick. What you're seeing there is the state's right, the 10th Amendment, and what you need to be concerned about. In the Constitutional Convention of 1787, through the Civil War of 1861, and through the Civil Rights Movement of the 1960s, we've had a lot of things that we try to talk about states' rights. States' rights refer to the political rights and powers granted to the states of the United States by the U.S. Constitution. And under that, it says the federal government is not allowed to interfere with the powers of the states reserved or implied to them by the 10th Amendment to the Constitution. So issues such as enslavement, civil rights, gun control, and marijuana, if it's in conflict with states' rights and the powers of the federal government, then you have a civic debate, and then usually the federal government has more authority. So you need to kind of read the 10th Amendment, start getting um, uh, uh, familiar with it, because the Federalists at the time, which was led by John R. R. Uh, Adams, he wanted a powerful federal government, while the anti-Federalists that were led by Patrick Henry opposed the Constitution unless it contained a set of amendments specifically listed and ensuring certain rights, certain rights of the people in, this, in the state. They wanted to make sure that it was going to be balanced. So you got to learn the history to understand why we have what we have so that you don't destroy it and allow, you know, people like Trump and others to come in and take it away for everybody. Because you know what? Hitler took away everybody's rights. And yet the <laughs> Germans, a lot of them suffered under him. So it really didn't mean anything, you going along with all of this, because in the end, you will suffer. So I just want to talk about that. And as you see it, please go uh, read it. One other thing I want to talk about is the first ever Republican Party platform. And you'll say, well, what is that? The Republican Party gathered in Cleveland um, when they went to elect um, their new um, uh, president or at least put him on the platform. But 160 years ago, the first Republican 
party ran a candidate. This was the first time they ran a candidate for president. It's 160 years ago, not that long ago. The party was founded in the 1850s amid the crumbling of other political parties and all kinds of national conflict over slavery uh, and, and rights and sovereignty of the federal government, etc. I just want to read a little bit of the platform for you to understand how Republicans operate. They gathered and, and opposed to repeal the Missouri Compromise. They didn't want it. They wanted the extension of slavery into free territory. They wanted uh, Kansas to be admitted as a free state uh, um, so that they could do what they wanted to do, I guess, with blacks. So they resolved that the maintenance of the principles promulgated in the Declaration of Independence and embodied in the federal constitution are essential to the preservation of our Republican institutions and that the federal constitution, the rights of the states and the union of states must and shall be preserved. They resolved that their Republican fathers, we hold to be self-evident that all men are endowed with these inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that the primary object and ulterior design of our federal government was to secure these rights to all persons under its exclusive jurisdiction. I bring that up, guys, because I'm gonna post the link. You need to go and read this. You need to understand what happened 160 years ago when the Republican Party was founded and what they believed in. This was their platform that they ran under. Please go and read it. Judy, thank you for the notation about when I had a Super Bowl in the 90s around Tampa. Uh, I do, and so does my older ego, do almost everything in life with an abundance of caution. But she said, I lived just north of Tampa when a Super Bowl game was in town in the early 90s. My husband bought, bought bottled water because he thought the water supply was subject to poisoning with all these people running in and crazies around. I thought he was crazy, but here it is. Again, nothing wrong with being cautious. There are a number of things I wanted to talk about we'll get to talk about next week. The one thing I want to really throw out to you was a few weeks ago, I had uh, my wonderful technical staff post something that they're doing now because, uh, hey, I've had a lot of training and thinking about how to accomplish things, but they're finally doing it. Biden has uh, secured another 200 million doses. Uh, he's getting Pfizer, and I hate to say this, it may be because of competition, with Johnson & Johnson's coming out, and they can produce tons of their one-shot vaccine. So they're going to be delivering 100 or 200 million doses a month or two earlier, which is great, because they finally figured out, which I had my staff post, we have at least 20,000 pharmacies, just pharmacies, even if they sell pretzels or milk. Let's look at just CVS and Walgreens. There are almost 20,000 of them, and they give vaccinations, period, any time of the year. Then we've got at least 10,000 hospitals and clinics in this country. These are minimum. So we're up to 30,000 locations. Then we have at least 4,000 military bases, which generally can give shots, and 5,000 pharmacies that are in supermarkets. I compiled quickly a list of 40,000 locations that if they even gave, on average, 100 shots a day, We'd be giving 4 million shots a day. People, we got to get the supply. Let's not drive the new president too crazy. You didn't get to talk to the other guy. He let you know what he th thought, and he'd insult the press. Now the press is open to ask Biden everything. He's going after getting us inoculated and dealing with this stupid pandemic, and that will help the economy go. Back him to get that done. Pick on him when he makes us safer. 
I'm not saying give the man a pass, but he's doing his job. And that's what I'm happy about. And it didn't take much for me to put a list. They don't need to put up 100 locations that they set up. And they can use the military and FEMA people to go to these pharmacy locations if they need some extra people just there to give the vaccinations so they can run their business and take care of their customers. And I want to remind Floridians, Mr. DeSantis, another corrupt person, he made it, and it still is, that if you are flying into Florida and staying at a person's house, they can write a letter saying that they're staying with you and they can get the vaccine. They're coming in from Canada and other areas and they can get the vaccine. How is that fair? They're not citizens of the state, but he's still allowing it. And when you read some of the requirements, you see it at the bottom. So he didn't change anything. He just came out there and lied like he normally does. It is still difficult to get the vaccine. Publix has opened up. I tried it myself, trying to get it from my aunt and uncle. And the way it's being ran, it's so ridiculous. It is difficult, but I finally got it through the health department. Call the health department in your location. Make sure you get on the list to get the vaccine. And again, it's going to be more available so they could just vaccinate everybody uh, and stop playing around. Anyway, the thing that eats at me, I love my country. I love our country. I'm trained. It's one of my majors, economics. All the money in the U.S. Treasury comes from our pockets. We're almost done. Comes from our pockets. And the bottom line is they're talking about that the stimulus checks that they gave us if you were a business and you invested in it and you took back some of your early investment, that's a return of your capital. It isn't taxed. So we may have a tax revolt going on when I talk about it. We're done. Thank you. See you next week.